Hey guys, it's your girl May J, and you are listening to It's a Vibe. Our vibe for the day is an Instagram writer slash poet, surgeons underscore girl, better known as Carly. Carly is a personal friend of mine. We've connected and learned a lot about each other, and I, I am very honored to be able to have her on this platform. During this interview, Carly talked a lot about her background, things that motivate her, and how she creates a lot of her fantastic lyrical I don't even know what to call it like her poetry is impeccably amazing um so sit back relax get you something to drink kick your feet up and let's learn a little bit more about my girl Carly Hi, Carly. Thank you for. T- uh. <laughs> Hi, Carly. Thank you for sitting with me and talking on. It's- How are you today? I am good. You know, getting over some sinus stuff, but hanging in there. How are you? Pretty good. You know, I think that's just what comes with the territory or the weather because we're getting into fall, but it's really just going to be like fall winter. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait for that, actually, because I really dig the cold. I hate the heat, but I also just have, like, you know, I just have so many chronic illnesses. I'm just perpetually ill, but that's just me. So. I like I mean, how you just said that. Yeah, I'm sick as shit. That's just me. <laughs> I'm just, like, always sick. I'm just, like, yeah, you know, just popping the Allegra nonstop. <laughs> Well, thank you for coming on and talking to us. We're going to really dive into your work and a little bit more about you as well. Um, you're going to be our artist for the week that we interview. So I know that you allowed us to um, you allowed us to actually dive into one of your works, which is really awesome. Your poem one. Yes, yes, you did. You did dive into that one, and that one um, that was a poem that's very that was very. Um, close to my heart um I guess and a very meaningful piece for me um it's also kind of like a difficult it's a difficult piece to explain because um I don't want to come off trying like I just want to like put a disclaimer out there like um I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I don't profess to be one. I don't profess to know everything about psychology or psychiatry. So like, you know, just throwing that out there, like everyone experiences. Um, and I say this too, like when I talk about autism, because my son is autism. Um, so, and I, you know, work especially needs children, but again, like I don't profess to know everything about that. So like when I talk about it, like I'm not an expert. So like if I say something it's my experience with it. Um, right. So hearkening back to that piece, um, I have um, borderline personality disorder and um, it's a mental health disorder. Um, and, you know, I was diagnosed with it um, along with many other mental health disorders. Um, 
when I was 19. Um, and I know there's a lot of people out there who have this disorder. And there's also a lot of people out there who like know about it. Cause I know mm -hmm. you said that you've heard of it, but you don't really like understand it. Correct. Um, and I think that there is a huge stigma attached to the disorder. Cause I know like when I say I have it, people are like, Ooh, I don't understand that. Is that like bipolar? And like, it is in a lot of ways. And then it is in a lot of other, like it isn't in a lot of other ways. Um, like there are mood swings that come with it, but they're very different than bipolar. Um, there's, um, there's depression, but it's a different kind of depression. There's so what I wanted to do was kind of like break that stigma because there's also a very negative stigma that I found attached with. Um, and again, this is my experience, not anybody else's because everybody's different. Um, so I found I've literally had like doctors turn me down for treatment and tell me like, you're never going to be better. Like you're just gonna, this is going to be a disorder that is going to haunt you the rest of your life. Like you're a liar, you're manipulative. That's, you know, what comes along with this territory with this disorder. And I, Jeez. a lot of these portray that they portray people as having this disorder and being like manipulative, like crazy psychos. Um, I know that's starting to change a lot in media because people to break this stigma with this disorder because that's that's not the case um so i write about it a lot and i wanted to start doing a series of the various symptoms um because there is like a criteria list quote unquote and again not everybody experiences every single one of the symptoms um just the ones that i know that i have experienced in my life and I'm not like going in order as the DSM-5 you know that psychiatrists um have put out I just started with the one that um just appealed to me and um I felt was kind of like a spooky one because it's like you know October right um it was the one and like so I subtitled that poem um identity um because one of the symptoms that a lot of people with borderline personality disorder um discuss um struggling with is having a sense of self and it's not like you know like oh i'm going on like a you know soul quest journey it's more like you don't know you don't have a clear identity of um, your goals or um you have an emptiness inside yourself. And a lot of that, at least from my perspective and from the therapy that I've engaged in, a lot of that stems from growing up or experiencing traumatic events because you, so you develop your identity in like a nurturing environment because you're okay. giving encouragement and, you know, you're allowed to um, develop your sense of self. When you're constantly in these chaotic, dysfunctional, traumatic, abusive environments, you can't really develop a true sense of who you are because you're always on edge and you're always looking for other people's reactions. So for me, and for this piece especially, when I say like, I don't know what face I'm going to put on in real life, 
I know people have said this to me. They're like, you act one way at work and then another way when you're at a party and another way when you're here. It's because I gauge who I am off people's reactions because Mm. that's how I learned how to survive, which is the other subtitle of the poem. So I kind of like, when I go into a situation, I read people and then I'm like, that's how they want me to act. And then I kind of put on a personality because that's how I grew up surviving. Is that kind of makes sense? That makes a lot of sense. That makes quite a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. And like, so trauma survivors, because they don't get that chance to really build themselves, that's what they end up doing is they end up kind of taking little pieces of environments and people and reactions and then they don't have their own self so like if you were to ask me the question carly where do you see yourself in 10 years i'd be like i don't fucking know i'd be like i don't have a goal that's why i've changed jobs so many times is why when i was in college i changed my major like 10 times the advisors hated me and i i change relationships so many times because I have no idea and I just really am very empty and I just kind of I, I don't know I I just I'm whoever you want me to be really and I'm always just kind of searching for when am I going to be able to have that time that safe space to develop me to learn who you are as well exactly that makes yeah. sense um okay well you kind of answered one of my questions already <laughs> outside of that who would you say you are like tell us about yourself outside of your illnesses or even with some of your illnesses if that's who you feel kind of builds up the building pieces like to I mean I know I write a lot about them but I I hate to be defined by them and I yeah. and I say that about my son too I I hate to be like oh he's just an autistic kid because I don't I don't like labels um I don't like to just be like oh I'm just some screwed up girl with a bunch of mental health disorders and you know like I'm always like look beyond the label um it's just you know it's like we do say that's like a cancer patient like oh that's just that's just who they are um so I try to go deeper than that um I don't know I would say that I'm just kind of a quirky person um I know it doesn't come across like from my account but I have a very sarcastic sense of humor um she does (laughs) (laughs) I can be very outgoing, especially when I'm bartending. I'm a great bartender. Um, I love to um, music and reading. I love to read. Um, And I don't know. I just, um, I'm really very involved with my son. Like very much. That's like my number one thing is my son. So Mm -hmm. I'm. And I do love all things strange and unusual and dark. So I see the beauty in that. Yes. I, I guess, I guess <laughs> that would sum me up. I, I don't know. I, I <laughs> and she's a Scorpio. We share the same birthday. <laughs> I, I, I am such a Scorpio too. I am very much so a Scorpio. <laughs> 
That is awesome. That was actually kind of funny because like we were chatting online on Instagram. <laughs> And I'm just like thinking, I'm like, we have too much in common. <laughs> I'm like, when's your birthday? She's like, November 8th. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> it's super weird because I've only met one other person who had the same birthday as me because like nobody has that birthday. And and it's always so weird. It's a, it's a weird birthday. I remember that birthday fell on election year, last election cycle. That was the oh, worst so birthday ever. No yeah. one wished me happy birthday that year. And I was like super bummed. And I was like, well, I get it. I mean, I, I understand. Like, it makes sense. I remember that day because I went, I, I voted and then I went to work and then they announced it. I think because I worked late and they announced it during work or whatever. And they brought me my cake. They're like, it's not really a happy birthday. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I, I remember it too. I voted and then I went to work and I got plastered and I was just like, and like everyone forgot it was my birthday because we were all like depressed and I was just like shot, shot. Okay. No, I'm not an alcoholic, guys. Boom, just boom, boom. Bar just like, you know, <laughs> Trump's in office, so <laughs> we're all alcoholics. Um, right. Tell us the story of how you started your writing journey. So that's interesting. Um, I actually was a very voracious reader. I I don't know if like you guys noticed, but I always put like a quote like from an author on uh, all my pieces. I, I I some people don't, um, but I my library is enormous. I'm staring at it right now. Um, and I started off just like I always had a book in my hand. I would like read on the school bus. I was one of those weird kids. Um, but <laughs> I bet you passed your vocabulary test. <laughs> I know. But I mean, I just like, so I, I was just really, really into reading. Um, and I I liked to write, but I more so liked to write essays. Like, if you need a college paper written, hit me up. I'll write it. I love it. Um, I, you're giving me this look like you have five heads. And I'm like, I, I not actually really, I love it. Um, yeah, so I like, you like, I wish I knew you when I was in college. <laughs> But so like, I, I always had like a knack for writing. Um, I just always found that like the writing in like elementary school and whatnot was kind of boring. I mean, it, it was so confining. It was like write a haiku, you know, write like, and I was like, this is so confining. Um, and, you know, I would always make up stories um, like with my sister and like our friends and like, the neighbor because I never really wrote them down. Um, it wasn't until like I had some really great English teachers um, and they started exposing me to really great poets, um, wrote more in the confessional poetry style and free verse, um, like Whitman and Eliot um, and Anne Sexton, who I love, um, and like Sylvia Plath, Robert Lowell. Um, and then I started reading more of like Elizabeth Wurzel um, got obsessed with like Virginia Woolf and um, James Joyce more of like stream of consciousness writing and then I started to have like my downward spiral with mental illness and I had an amazing high school English teacher who saw where that was taking me mm -hmm. and he like I remember he slapped a copy of Mrs. Dalloway on my desk in like ninth grade and he was like I need somebody to edit my lit magazine and he was like you're gonna write 
a review of this and then you're going to write me some poetry. And I was like, what? I was like, no, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm going to go smoke cigarette out in the bleachers. I was like, I'm not going to do this. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you are. Um, and that's when I wrote like my first ever poem. And he was the one who pushed me to do like our open mics at our high school, um, which I remember just kind of BSing these poems. Um, and he would get angry at me, but he really kind of was like the best teacher I ever had and made me like really pushed me to write um, a lot of my early stuff. And and he was kind of like Robin Williams and like Dead Poet Society. He was an amazing teacher. Um, I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for him. Um, so there are some good teachers, um, but <laughs> he, some of them suck. And he was, he was amazing. Like, and he, you know, he would just give me books and be like, you know, analyze this to me, write it. Um, I'm still in touch with him to this day. He's amazing. I love him. Um, he's great. So, but yeah, I, I really, cause I really was like poetry or whatever, like, you know, but he, he was like, you need to stay out of trouble. You need to do something like write stuff for me. So yeah. wish I had a teacher like that. <laughs> there were so many that like hated me in high school. And he was the one who was like, I know you're just doing this. Cause like, you got like stuff going on. He was like, I was a troubled kid too. And he was like, you just need an outlet. And like there needs to be more teachers like that, honestly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Ugh, testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> what influenced you to start your Instagram poetry journey? Oh. We know how much you love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my therapist, oh, my therapist, he's my psychiatrist. I haven't been to therapy in a hot minute. Um, he was like, a long time, hot minute. Yeah, <laughs> like a hot hour, a hot one eternity later. Um, he was like my psychiatrist, the one who makes a lot of really silly suggestions. Like, you know, I wasn't lying when I wrote on my Instagram that he told me to ride a tandem bicycle in the park, and I was like, bro, it's not the fifties, honey. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he also told me to go caroling in the middle of like the town square and I was like so I can be arrested for loitering I was like no I'm good um he okay. was like he, yeah he was like why don't you take your child and put out a hat and carol and I was like what I like I'm good no I was like that that's that's weird it's not 1890 I'm not gonna do that um but he was like He's like, why don't you, you know, he's like, I know you used to write when you were in group, you know, on the psych ward. And I was like, can we not bring that up? And I was like, because we were like having like one of our teletherapy things, which are great, by the way, because I don't have to go into the office. Mm -hmm. um, and he was like, why don't you, you know, I know they have like online things. He's like, why don't you start to write so you can deal with the stress of COVID? Because COVID has been very difficult um, on my son. Um I'm so I'm, I'm I am glad that they're letting um, the special needs kids go back to school. Um, that's been very helpful for him, but that's a whole other hour of talking. Um, <laughs> but so it was like it was very stressful because um, I was essentially teaching 
my child who did not want to be taught and he was like having meltdowns and I was super stressed and he was like well why don't you like you know write it out you know because like because Jersey shut down I mean like Jersey was on massive lockdown it was it was bad like I mean we had like a eight o'clock curfew and there was like cops like I mean we just couldn't go and it was bad um so it that was for like a a good couple of months um it was yeah it was pretty intense and he was like well why don't you just start like writing and maybe share it He, he was like it'll be like a group therapy and I was like whatever so I like posted a couple things and I was like no oh, this isn't that bad and and then it kind of snowballed from there yeah and- <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is you know whatever you know it's like it's not that bad it's 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 it it was like it was giving me something to do because I'm out of work currently so I was like oh okay I was like this is this is fine you know but yeah that was his thank you that was his idea. So well, thank you to him because had it not been for you posting your work, I would have not met you. <laughs> Good things come from Instagram. <laughs> I meet my twin sister birthday twenty. Yay! Right? I know. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about your writing style. If you had to categorize yourself as a writer, would you be like a poet, a writer? How would you categorize you? Because everybody just loves when we put ourselves in boxes. I know, right? You know how I love, love those boxes. <laughs> um, I mean, I have written prose before. I, It's not my specialty. Um, I would probably say I'm a confessional poet. Um, I, and my and err on the darker side. Um, but that's just because I draw from life experiences and unfortunately my life experiences and happen to have darker themes. Um, I, I give all the credit in the world to people who are able to write, um, about stuff that they haven't like, like fiction that's what they haven't experienced because crap, I can't do that, man. Like I, have to in order for me to like really put emotion into it I have to like know it I have to have like you know sunk my teeth into the marrow of it or else I'm just kind of there's no it's just law and I'm kind of like you know I feel like I'm just writing about nothing um I have to write about something I've lived um I I guess that can, I guess it holds me back because I see people who write about like things that they've never like I see these prompts and I'm like oh that'd be cool to write a thing about killing someone I'm like but I've never done that though I've wanted to but you know I can't <laughs> but I can't write about it because I haven't done it <laughs> and I'm like <laughs> well I think that there's like I think that there's different calibers of writers like there's some people who are really good at flexing that part of their imagination and then there's writers who write more about experiences and a lot of people are able to resonate with those writers like there's a connection area then you know that's how you build relationships when people could connect to something you've written it's kind of fucking awkward if you write about something you've never went through and then someone's like i went through that can we talk about it and you're just like uh (laughs) i watched this one documentary (laughs) 
you're, and you're totally right with that. And, you know, and I, and I like building those connections and, but then I also wish that I, I, I was able to, um, flex my imagination muscles. And I do want to try that and see how that goes. That might be a weird experiment. I, I do want to see how I, how I do, how I do with that. Um, happen to your inner Hannibal Lecter. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to try that. You know, maybe I'll have to kill somebody. (laughs) I didn't say you that. You didn't hear that here. (laughs) No one heard that. (laughs) Nobody did. I'm being sarcastic. (laughs) How does writing help your day to day life? Um, it doesn't because I keep them very, very separate. I saw that question. I was like, write down, it does not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually a chronic insomniac, so Mm. I write at night. Um Mm. because it it takes up um a lot of my time with my son. So um like I, I can't like write with him. Um it that just doesn't jive um I mean I guess it helps because I can release some stuff but then it, on the other hand releasing that stuff is very exhausting so for me mentally so I really try to put up like a mental wall between the two things I, I try to keep um like me like surgeons girl me separate from Carly May. Like they are like separate people. They are again that ties into like identities. Like I put on an identity and then I go and do this and I right. write and I engage on Instagram and do all that. Um and then I kind of slip that off and then I go about my life. Um because if I was to kind of combine the two of those, that wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think so. I have, I have to compartmentalize a lot with that. That makes sense. Everybody has their process. And speaking of processes, um, that was a perfect segue to our next question. <laughs> a lot of writers feel that there needs to be a process prior to creating a piece. Uh, I don't know whether some people feel like they got to create bubbles or some shit, like the Venn diagrams and all that good stuff. Um, do you have a process? And if so, can you walk us through what that process is? Um, I wouldn't say that um, I have like any particular pro. My process for each one it's very sporadic. Um, sometimes, like my most recent piece, um, I took a prompt and then just started very randomly scribbling in my my beautiful notebook. Um, oh, cute. I know it's adorable. Um, and it came out like this seven page like looked like an angsty emo kids diary entry and I was like all right we need to 
edit this. I do have an extreme problem with editing things that often mm-hmm. I know I come to you and I'm, you're like, stop editing it. Leave it. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know. I need to stop. I just need to let it be. Um, oh my God, guys. If text messages could scream. <laughs> I would be um, screaming at Carly through the phone. Stop it! <laughs> and then sometimes I... I don't, there's no prompt involved and I just, there's things I just feel like I need to say and I just say that. I mean, yeah, I don't have a process. Um, I, I know like with some of my pieces, I really, like I'm looking at my account right now and I'm like, did you use a process? I'm like prompt, prompt. And I'm like, oh, with that piece, like you really, you had like a theme in mind, like you wanted to, you wanted to bring awareness to like a lot of my pieces. I, I want to bring, I have, I'm like trying to put it into words and I'm like, how the fuck do you actually write this shit? Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. It just kind of comes out somehow. Um, And then it, Appears on the page. Um, it's, uh, some of some of the pieces. There's a very distinct um, message that I'm trying to send, and I kind of have that in mind when I'm writing it. And I'll start with something and then edit the hell out of it until someone says stop fucking editing it and just put it on the goddamn screen. Um, and Yes, that is my really genius writing process. I don't know if you've heard the first episode um, where I did an interview with Miski, but I, I kind of disclosed that most of my poems come to me in the bathroom. So I get it. Like, I know. It's, 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 like, it's a weird thing because I, I feel like some people probably do have like really intensive like processes. Then some people are just like, I know one poem I wrote, I took from a letter and I, I used like a blackout technique and I was like, okay, cool. And I was like, well, now I'm going to type it up. I'm going to like polish it a little bit. Bam. And I, and I feel every one of my poems kind of is written differently. Um, so I can't really say that I have a dis- distinct technique. I just, I just, if I, if something comes, I know one poem on here actually um a funny story um it's like really early on i'm like trying to find a title because i'm so bad with titles um verse on love and relations with the narcissist that entire Mm -hmm. poem came when i was outside on my porch smoking a cigarette and i was just smoking and like the first couple lines came to me and then i was like looking at like the cherry of my cigarette and i was like oh fire Burn. And then I was like, oh, you need to go inside and start writing. And then I just like started going with it. Like, I mean, it just sometimes things just come to you and you just kind of get, or at least with me, you just kind of get a spark of inspiration. And then it just, the words start flowing. Um, and that's, yeah. Carly, you are definitely a vibe. Just want to tell you that. All right. So, I know, right? Tell me about one of your favorite poems that you've written. This one was hard. Um, I don't know if this is my favorite per se, um, but this was a special one for me and I'm pulling it up right now. 
um because again i forgot the title um uh this one verse on breaking down and opening up over what i lost like if you go to my page it's actually there's a picture that i took um because i'm actually into photography i just need a new camera because i'm working with a camera from like the myspace era um (laughs) that's the dinosaur um, era Hey man, I still I remember those days. Those were good days, all right. They <laughs> were. I'm pretty sure there's some kids somewhere like, what's a MySpace? <laughs> I know, right? There's so some kids like it's DSL, and I'm like, let me tell you. Yeah. Let me tell you. But it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I really just I loved this picture and this poem I had been working on since about I wanna say. 2009 2000 yeah 2009 and I rewritten it and rewritten it and rewritten it and um it just never felt right to me and then I took like a seven-year break from writing and then finally like came back here and I resurrected this poem and edited it (laughs) and then I added like that extra part on the end um that my computer my laptop is a dinosaur and will let me scroll oh it went away bye okay anyway um and I added that like extra part on the end and it made me really happy to finally say what I needed to say because that was um something that was it's a poem on a trauma experience I don't really want to get into it if you want to go read it go to my page and read it um it was a healing that actually was a healing process though it was extremely mentally exhausting and i will say this about my writing process that all my poems i write for the most part it's extremely mentally exhausting for me to write and that's why i can't churn out poems like every day yeah every single day because i have to literally take almost like a week off after i write a piece because it it like exhausts me and it drains my body and my soul to go dive into these things that I've suppressed for a very long period of time. Like this one was about a huge trauma in my life. One of these poems is an ode to one of my best friends who overdosed. I mean, like some of this shit's hardcore. And when I write this and I have to go deep back in, um, yeah, I have to like, put it away and I have to be like I can't write um that's part of my writing process is that then I have to like close it up go do some self-care and be like I need to decompress after you know putting all that out there um this is a lot that's hard on a person to yeah to do that so that's why I'm not churning out that's why I have only like 30 some odd poems on my page because I'm not churning out all this you know I would be like you know, in the fetal position in a corner somewhere, like, you know, what poems? What is a poem if I was doing this every day? <laughs> I'm a writer? <laughs> I don't know. What's a writer? What is a word? You know, I'd be like, that'd be crazy. You know, I can't, I couldn't do that. I mean, nuts. I I'm gonna look at like, my followers thing after this and be like, oh shit, I only have like 10 followers left. They think I'm nuts. <laughs> no. I think you'll get a lot more followers. I think people, when they get to know you, will be able to relate to you a lot more. I love you. <laughs> oh 
love you too. <laughs> okay, so one of the best holidays ever is approaching. Of um, course. See, I'm already how ready for it. <laughs> yes. How do you commemorate your favorite holiday with your writing? Oh my goodness. It's such a shame because I I write, I feel like I write dark things all year. I really gotta write a Halloween home because I keep trying, man. I have like my Halloween prompts and I like I keep trying and I'm just I'm always just very it's Halloween. I'm in Halloween town all the time, you know, like Jack Skeleton up in here. So like, <laughs> I mean, I already got my lanky ass arms. So, you know, <laughs> like um it's it's difficult. Um again, because I just uh I'll have to write about like a memorable Halloween experience or something. I'll have to, I'll have to do something like that. I don't know um because i looked at that and i was like how do i do that and i was like i don't know <laughs> i was like that's a good question um i'm gonna have to think because i haven't i've never really written um i mean i've written poems that are kind of spooky but like never like overtly like this is halloween you know like but i'll have to put that on like the bucket list um but yeah. i do some Halloween all the time because that's the best time of the year um and we don't need other holidays we just need Halloween all year long <laughs> well I posted on Facebook this morning because it's the beginning of our season Scorpio season I'm like it's always Scorpio season we just let you guys have a, a birthday like that's um, the same thing with Halloween it's always Halloween we'll just let you guys celebrate your other holidays <laughs> well like Halloween and Scorpio season go hand in hand and Scorpios rule the world. We just don't tell anybody about that. We're very humble. We are. We're so humble. We are so <laughs> humble. We just we just keep it a giant secret that you know Scorpios are secretly controlling people. If you guys think it's the Illuminati and it's really just Scorpios. Yeah. <laughs> so have an Illuminati tattoo, you know, but it's really not. It's definitely Hallow's Harry Potter tattoo. But I convinced a lot of children when I worked at a school system that it was Illuminati and they fell in line real quick. So So you mentioned Harry Potter, so I have to ask, did you take the sorting the sorting test and what house are you in? I'm a Ravenclaw, which I was very happy with. What are we? Oh my goodness, are we not the same? Oh my gosh, are we breaking up now? No, I'm, I'm a Hufflepuff. <laughs> I think I was a Ravenclaw just because I'm so obsessed with like reading and learning and like I'm a perfectionist in that sense. Like I can I can see like the sorting hat going on my head and it being like Ravenclaw and then like coming mm -hmm. off and I'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a Ravenclaw, you know? I definitely imagine myself with the sorting hat and it'd be like Hufflepuff. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I was like, no, come with me to the Ravenclaws. We can be together. <laughs> this way. <laughs> but it's it's funny, like you asked that because like I'm looking and I'm like, oh yeah, my sister went to like Orlando Studios and like we're both like sorted as Ravenclaws and we have like the matching scarves and shit. Yeah, and we have like the the matching tattoo, like of the the Deathly Hallows symbol, you know, like behind my ear. Like, yeah, I though I have to say I'm more of a Lord of the Rings fan than Harry Potter. Like, 
am obsessed with Harry Potter, but I always will love Lord of the Rings more. I love Lord of the Rings, like all of those four hour movies. I'm oh. such a Lord of the Rings nerd. It's not even funny. Every time my sister lives in Seattle and every time she comes to visit, we have to play Lord of the Rings Trivial Pursuit, which gets really heated. Someone always, because I'm super competitive, someone always ends up flipping the board at somebody else. So I think that game might have been put away um, like a long time ago. <laughs> I've got to try to get that game. I love that game. Oh, it's a, yeah, it's amazing. Because then we start screaming at each other, like, Mary's vest was yellow. Like, no, Pippin's scarf is green. Yeah, it gets, like, really intense. And I know I'm right on those answers. You can check me. Frodo should have died. <laughs> like, part one. But anyway. <laughs> is there anything you'd like to say to the young aspiring writers out there? Like, not the writers who will be considered the misfits and the ones who are afraid they don't fit in into the Instagram algorithm. Um, what would you say to those writers? Oh, dude, I would say to them, write for yourself, man. Don't, don't write for anybody else. Like don't write for a hashtag. Don't write for a fucking algorithm. Don't write to please anybody else write what makes you happy and write what makes you feel better write something that when you're done with it either it's something that you're proud of it's something that gave you a release or due to just like helped you in some way like don't write for fucking likes or followers or that shit because in five in five months, five years, five months, a year, is this shit gonna matter? Is it gonna matter how many fucking followers you had, how many likes you had? Is Instagram gonna be relevant? I mean, really? Like, look at MySpace. Was that shit relevant? Look at Deviant Art. Was that fucking relevant? I was on that shit back, like, you know, 10 years ago. Is that relevant now? I mean, like, I think kind of, maybe, I don't know. I think I still have an account on there somewhere, but like, it looks <laughs> run of it is that is it worth your sanity and your sense of self like in pride like to be writing stuff that is not making you happy and is causing you anxiety and stress just for like a hundred likes and two thousand followers like Right. Who gives a shit? If like if that's gonna cause you stress, man, then get off and write in your fucking journal. Like it's not. This is not. And also, I would say to those people, have a plan B, have a backup plan. Like have you know, like also keep working like your real job because like you don't know what this is gonna be. Like this is just social media, and like to me, I find the whole social media thing to be incredibly fleeting. Like. Yeah, it's a cool hobby. Like, that's nice. Is it going to pay my bills? No. I mean, like, this is all, I feel like this is all a gigantic COVID bubble. And, like, who knows where this is going to take us? We don't know. That's kind of how I perceive it. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool for now. But I have a life, I have a kid, and you might want that someday too. So just keep that in the back of your mind, like, and focus on like a concrete future. I mean, but if this is really what you want to be your concrete future, 
really get an education and also fucking read books, man. Fucking read books, read actual books. So when you know when you're quoting a fucking author, you're not quoting them as like Emily Dickinson when it's a fucking Sylvia Plath quote, or you're not quoting Jack Kerouac saying it's Jack Kerouac when it's fucking a Steve Jobs business partner's quote. Okay, thank you. I'm just going to put that out there because I see so many incorrect quotations from authors and I'm like, I don't think you read a book by that author or by that poet. So please, please people go back to reading books. I think it's funny. And I think I want to, I let, let the authors or let the authors, geez, let the listeners know that Carly and I have a daily conversation of posts that just make no sense. (laughs) Yes, we do. And I'm just like, what is happening? And I'm like, it's kind of therapeutic. It, it is. And it just makes me sad because I know that the, I know school systems are like phasing out great book lists and, you know, do your, do your own reading. Go to fucking library once in a while. I used to want to have sleepovers in the library. So the fun fact about me, me and the librarian with like best friends. I take my son to the library all the time and it's, it's a great place. You get books for free. You sign up and you can check books out. I mean, I was awful about returning them, so I ended up having to pay for it. But still, I mean, like, <laughs> so I ended up paying them. But I mean, read, people, read. You also, in the same token, it's helpful to enhance your writing skills when you read other authors. <laughs> I mean, that's how I learned. But there's no excuse now because there's so many different ways for you to read. There's so many outlets. Like you can get a Kindle, you can read through your phone. Like there's so many ways to read. Just do it. Like Nike. That's that's so true. And I I love that you said that because you know what? There is no excuse. I mean, I I am a proponent of the old book. I love, I love the smell of books. I love, I love a good book. Like just all right. But I mean, like, yeah, like there's no excuse. Like fucking download kindle and and just read the god damn it fucking read <laughs> that makes me makes me mad i love you carly <laughs> i love you too i'm so glad you have me on here so i can rant like an angry henry rollins you know like <laughs> that's gonna be the name of this episode time with, with carly just fucking read that's what it's gonna be called <laughs> angry jersey carly <laughs> We love angry Jersey Carly. We're not angry. We're passionate. There's a difference. I know, right? I just, you know, I am. I am. I'm, I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm an intense person. It's that Scorpio in me and probably my borderline personality disorder. We're going to just say it's a Scorpion because I am intense as well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, I can be a kind, loving person. I swear. I believe you. <laughs> I just I just get I do I get I'm very passionate about certain subjects which you gave me a list of like all the things I'm passionate about thanks so I, <laughs> so I come on like crazy person it's okay we, we want to bring out that person out of you we want to hear who you really are we don't want like oh we're gonna be nice today no give us that person that inner- oh, yeah, right. like you know like the complete like you know bullshit yeah you don't want that no uh, that's I love telling people I will show you my inner demon if you ask. Oh yeah. It sounds <laughs> so like 
nice when you say it. You sound like so like Jennifer's body, like, you know, like I'm gonna eat your soul. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm over here like fuck this. (laughs) No. I sound sound like House of Thousand Corpses and you sound like Jennifer's body. Like that's my comparison. I love that movie, by the way. Like House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, The Three from Hell great series i haven't seen three from hell yet so spoiling it i was supposed to but i had to work that night so i haven't gotten there it's on prime Go watch i it. know i like i'm i want to watch it like halloween night like after like you know i'm i'm done like trick-or-treating well i don't know if, if they're gonna allow trick-or-treating in jersey but like i'm supposed to be wednesday adam's second year in a row but i feel like it'll fit me um <laughs> but um my god here we go um, I won't die on your podcast. I promise. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I love that trilogy. Um, I love horror movies in general, but I especially do just love, I, I just, I, ah, oh, I need to see that one. I meaning to. You're going to be in, in, when you're, when you watch it, let me know so we can have another segment to talk about it on the podcast. I'm just so angry that I wasn't, when I went to um, the convention, um, crap, I can't remember the name, and my boyfriend's sister met, um, oh, he just passed away, and I can't remember his name. Um, The one who's the dad? Yeah, and she met him, got his autograph. I was, like, somewhere else, and I was, like, where was I? And I was, like, was I doing shots in the hotel room? I was, like, why did I, why was I not there? And I was, like, why didn't you call me? I was, like, that's awful. I was, like, I hate you for that. Yeah, it was really sad when he passed away. I know, and I was, like, and she, and she met him, like, literally a couple months before that, and I was, like, I was, like, that's, I was, like, where was I for this? I was very upset by that, but I was very sad. Him and Tiny. I was really sad by both of them. I know. Yeah, both of them. Rob Zombie. Like, do you, did you curse, like, that movie? Is Like, I mean, what? Is it going to be, like, an Omen kind of thing? Like, with the movie The Omen, have they had all those freak accidents on that, like, the set of that movie? And, like, people started, like, dying. And The Exorcist, too. Like, is it going to be the same kind of thing? I hope not. Because his uh, wife is baby. That's his wife, right? Yeah. Yeah, I hope not. She- he directed another movie with her, um, Salem. I forget the name. It was actually really good. The one with the witch, and she was the DJ. Yes, or yes I saw that too. That one was really good. I didn't know if you'd seen that, and I was like, if she's seen that, she knows it's good. And I was like, <laughs> Cherry Moon Zombie. That's who she is. I love her. And I was like, I was like, that's a really good one. I just like her vibe. Like she's like really dark, but like when you actually listen to interviews of her, she's the sweetest thing. I know I love her vibe too because I'm like I love your I love your aesthetic and then I was like but I just love when you talk because you're just like adorable I was mm-hmm. <laughs> just like it's great um I, yeah it, it's like what and I'm like oh that's 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 amazing I was like that's great well Rob Dunn, Rob Zombie does this thing it's amazing where he makes you hate these characters and then at the end of Devil's Rejects when you know they die like Yo, they're yeah. crying and you're like oh my god like I hated them actually well no I'm not gonna lie I actually liked them in House of a Thousand Corpses I I, I liked the Firefly family um but like Devil's Rejects I kind of just liked them in the beginning and then like 
at the end, I was like, no, no, like, what are you doing? Stop it. I was like, stop. And I was like, oh, I was like, Rob Zombie, you bastard. I was like, why? Why? Mom in the background, what is that, Freebird? They were playing Freebird. Yeah, they were like yeah. driving into it in Freebird. And I was, oh, we're like totally spoiling. Spoiler alert, everybody. We're going to no, flee. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen that movie, it came out, what, early 2000s? Like, go sh- No, I think it came out like. Devil's Re. I'm going to. I feel old now. Jeez. Shit, we're old. <laughs> we are. We referenced like MySpace and stuff. 2005, July 22nd, 2005. Like you said. I, I remember you now because I remember my sister and I were watching that and she she's younger than me and I was like a teenager. Holy crap, I'm old. And like she was like, this is so scary. It's rated R. And I was like, grow up. I was like, <laughs> You're fine. We'll be fine. Grow up. It wasn't <laughs> even scary to me. I, I really liked it, though. It wasn't scary to me, either. I saw Scream when I was, like, 10 years old, and I was like, this is hilarious. I was like, he popped out of a bathroom stall. I was like, that's great. That's how I feel about Freddy Krueger when he put the girl face in the TV. He's like, primetime, bitch. I love that fucking line. <laughs> That's how I felt when I first saw Halloween. I remember like telling my parents, I was like, does Michael Myers need his asthma inhaler? I was like, why is he breathing so heavy? I was like, (laughs) and my parents were like, why aren't you scared? And I was like, because he's just the whole time. (sighs) I was like, 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 what's wrong with him? I was like, first off, why can't they hear him coming? Because I mean, he's breathing so fucking heavy that I'd be like, boy, here take it take a breath of oxygen i'd be like christ or take the mask off dude because clearly you need something i remember just laughing hysterically for that movie i watch horror movies with my dad and we just laugh if they're really bad like i think we just watched that truth or dare one with that derpy fucking grin they have holy mm-hmm. shit that was funny as hell that was not scary at all if you want a good laugh go watch truth or dare i i mean that thing was hilarious i was I like they- See, is that the one where they were like, like the person died because she fell to the face and the the table or some shit? Yeah, and like yeah. they got in the backstory was they got possessed by a demon while they were partying mm-hmm. in Cancun, and I was like, plausible, might happen. I was like, I can totally see some idiotic college kid getting like the alcohol demon, you know, right. in Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, and then and then forcing all their friends to play truth or dare because they're in college. I was like. I was like, what, what was this screenwriter smoking? Because I want some of that. <laughs> right. Like, can, can I taste it? <laughs> <laughs> and some of the deaths were just so like, man, they made Final Destination deaths look like actual things that could happen. And I was just yeah. like, holy shit. Every time we're on the expressway, you see one of those trucks that like are carrying those poles. Yes. I yes. will not I, drive behind. Like, I, get over <laughs> that with somebody how like every time I see a log truck I have to like move over and I'm just like hell no but the best final destination death is from the first one where the kid gets like hit in the head with like the like he gets wrapped the core and the stereo and he like won't die for some reason and he's like trying to re- I'm just like Todd die and his name's Todd and I'm just like die man just you're taking too long like let's move the plot along Let's go. Come on. Hey, someone it's, else has to go after you. Come on. <laughs> I know. We got to go to the next act. Let's go. Roll it. Come on. And then, like, he gets hit in the head with, like, the radio. And I remember, like, laughing as a child. And I was like, you are desensitized and an evil person. 
I think the funniest thing. Have you seen the movie Ma? No. Okay, we won't discuss that one then. Wait till you watch it, then we'll talk about how stupid that shit was. <laughs> oh, I have to see it because I I know I know some of them are so stupid these days. Like Ouija was so stupid that was hilarious. I was cracking up. Some of them I just I just watch just because they're funny as hell, and I'm just like, really? Do you think well, this is gonna scare me? That's how I felt about the nun. That was so fucking funny. Holy shit. I laughed in the theaters and people were staring and then they started laughing. And I was like, right, guys, right. It's funny, right? It's funny. I, was like, I was like, yeah, it's it's hilarious. I feel like Brenda in like scary movie two, I think, where she's like cracking up and she's like, Yeah, yeah, you're doing the wrong way. And I'm like, Yeah, that's me. I'm that asshole. <laughs> like, bitch, you're gonna die. <laughs> right. Like, like, why are you doing that, you stupid idiot? Like, go out to a car, drive away. <laughs> like, oh god, the nun was really stupid to me. Like, I it it had a couple of really good jump scares, but I was just like, this was theory about the cla- the Catholic Church. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my god, it totally did. So did so did um Annabelle. Like the Conjuring, yeah. I. I will say The Conjuring was good, but then Annabelle, I was just like, really? This is, this, I was like, okay. I was like, I, yeah. Why are we playing I, I like, the doll? But there's been, so jump scares are hilarious to me. Like, you do, I'm so sad this year that they're not doing all like the Halloween haunted attractions where you get to walk through them. I love jump scares because they don't scare me and I love like because you know when they're coming during those things um and I love how I, I really want to work out with those things too like I still had to get to put the makeup on and shit like I would love to do that um but yeah I remember like I went to one of them and this one guy was just walking next to me and I was like are we dating now what's up I was like you're you've been following me the whole time i was like you're not gonna scare me i was like i i see cool chainsaw does it work like you want to go chop trees together like what's wanna up want to walk arm in arm <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and he's like following me my boyfriend's like my boyfriend's cracking up because he's like you're not gonna scare her and then i guess like he motioned to his friend and he was like um like someone hiding behind a tree like a clown and then the clown jumped up and I was like I knew you were coming I was like you want to join our little party like you want to all be like together and they just like followed me the whole time I was like why does this happen to me every time I go to-? and I but I love it though because like I love when you can interact with them and then and then like the front at the end of it the guy was like you never got scared like what the hell and I was like yeah I just wanted to be your friend and then he was like, what? And I was like, got you. I was like. <laughs> okay, so we have to, at some point in our journey of friendship, go to a haunted house together because that's going to be funny as fuck. <laughs> oh my God, yes, we do. Because they're like the best thing ever, especially if you like for it, like, you know, do a little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I was saying like virtual bartending, like I'll just be like. <laughs> right, just teach me how to make my drinks. I know right? I, I should have a show but yeah no there we have to that's why I was like so bummed I was like oh we can't do that this year COVID problems but I understand why no they're so they're they're fun um that's a good time that's a good Halloween thing to do that's that's, that's always a fun thing 
I do that every year. They're fun. <laughs> well, Carly, thank you so much for tuning for joining our podcast and talking to us about yourself, your writing, and some good horror shit. I love that. Um, we'll have to have you featured again for maybe like a Halloween episode or something. Oh dear God. <laughs> you want to have me back? <laughs> yes. Why not? More coffee, more coffee. <laughs> I'll see like your monthly feature, just yeah. to, just to talk about stuff, you know. Something and a little kooky. <laughs> just rant. I'll just like pop in and rant about shit, and then I'll just disappear and fade away into the background. Right. Like you'll be the spooky, and I'll be the kooky, and we'll come together. <laughs> right. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um. And I am not an angry person, just putting it out there. I'm actually, you know, I don't know who I am, hence my poem. So go read it. <laughs> I will be adding Carly's at for her Instagram in the bio. So you guys should go follow her, go read her work, interact with her. She is really nice. Uh, don't be creepy in her inbox, though. Yeah, don't, do don't, don't be creepy. Nobody likes a creeper or a stage five clinger. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, guys, we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you so much for listening to It's a Vibe. Carly is our vibe for the day, and you have definitely been a vibe. <laughs> I'm always vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. All right, guys, good night. We are out. I hope you guys enjoyed learning more about Carly as much as I did. This interview was a lot of fun just to connect with her, hear more about her work and her inspiration, and just really enjoy her vibe because she is definitely a vibe. If you'd like to read more of Carly's work, please click the link in our description. Um, it'll take you right to her Instagram and you can follow her, let her know that we sent you and just enjoy because her, her work will take you on a great trip. If you are interested in being featured on our podcast, visit our Instagram at I-S-S-A-V-Y-B-E-E. That's I-S-S-A-V-Y-B-E-E. Shoot us a DM and let us know you would like to be a part. We love to have you guys on. But for now, that's our vibe. Until next time. Good night.